Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. We are continuing our exploration of the world of collecting with something that has taken the hobby world uh, by storm, uh, Funko's pop vinyl figures, or pops for short, uh, something that has captured my interest and likely the interest of some of our listeners. Uh, So we'll be examining toys generally through the lens of pops. Um, I'd like to introduce my guests. To my right, we have Stephanie Chow, soon to be Stephanie Desiato. Welcome, dear. Thank you. It's great to be here, dear. <laughs> uh, and across from me, I'm really excited to uh, bring in uh, another new voice to my comic shop history this season. Uh, Chris Wilcock is the owner of Undiscovered Realm in Hartsdale, New York, which is the home of the largest selection of pops I have ever seen. Uh, so I'm really <laughs> we try, excited. We try. I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome, Chris. I'm glad to be here. So as I said to you before we officially started recording, uh, Steph and I have been really excited <laughs> to talk <laughs> yes. to you. Because uh, we've gotten really into pops over the past like year, year and a half. I think a little bit more, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more than a year. Uh, for me, it started. There was a comic book convention at the Westchester County Center a couple of years ago, um, and I bought a Superman pop. Superman's my favorite character. Oh, cool! I wasn't planning on getting into pops, but it was just something Superman, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's cool." It was How ten, they get you? It was ten bucks. I was like, "This will be great." So I brought it home, and it it didn't really. Nothing really took off quite yet. It took a little bit of time. I think what really pushed us over the edge was um, we picked up the Rick Grimes from Walking Dead pop. Walking Dead's one of our favorite shows. And then it just kind of grew from there. First it was, well, we'll just get the Walking Dead pops. And then it expanded to uh, a lot of the other shows that we like. It's still mainly TV-centric as far as what we get. Yes, mostly TV shows. So before we came, I I did a quick... A rough <laughs> estimate of how many we have. Nothing crazy. Uh, we're still under a hundred. I think we're around like ninety. And what are some of the shows that we uh, that we have the pops for? So we have Orphan Black, uh, Sherlock, and a few variants of Sherlock himself, and then all the supporting mm-hmm. cast members. And I notice on the wall right now there's a Moriarty variant with uh, his his king crown I on. S- I think that's the coolest one, honestly. It's a very nice one. We don't have any crowns yet in the collection. <laughs> we might be making some purchases before we leave here today. <laughs> we'll work it out. Uh, but yeah, Supernatural, um, uh, Arrow, Flash, like all the DC TV ones, Gotham. Um, so we've uh, we've really gotten into it. Just to kind of uh, you know describe the scene for people. I mean, I'm staring at a a massive wall of pops. I mean, Chris, would you mind just kind of Giving us a break. I mean, how many, roughly how many do you have? What um, sort of dimensions say, are we talking I, I here? I would say it's about a, it's 10 feet, maybe 12 feet high. I, I'm, I'm over six feet. I'm six foot three and I can't even get remotely towards the top. So I'm going to say 10 to 12 feet tall and about 20 feet long and uh, probably 800 to 1,000. And this is what we carry in the store. We do a lot of conventions. So we have a whole trailer that's just filled with a lot of other stuff. And we do our best to try and keep everything in the store as well. But, you know, there's always stuff that we can't fit in the store. So it's not even our full selection. Um, so it, it gets overwhelming. And I personally and, and other guys here as well, we try to curate the wall as well as possible. Like one thing that drives me nuts is and I think also besides the selection that separates us from a lot of the big box stores is we don't just throw them up. Um, and, uh, and I think it makes a big difference because, like, if you come in and you want Star Wars, we have 50 different Star Wars ones, but they're all together. I even try to put the, you know, the good guys with the good guys and the bad guys with the bad guys. And, um, you know, same, same figures with their exclusive versions next to them, you know, things like that. And I think that makes a big difference because people can come in, 
they don't have to look for an hour to try and see if we have it. They know right away if we have it. They can ask us. We know. And if you go to like an FYE or something, like they literally, it'll take you an hour to just dig through the figures because they just put a wall of them ten deep, and it's it's insane. It's like it makes me not even want to check. So you know, I think that goes a long way. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's a staggering selection uh, and and really eye catching when when you come. And you don't even have to come in though. That's the interesting thing, and I'm sure this is by design. But you know, you could be driving by uh, at night, especially, and you can see that wall of pops from the road. Yeah, you know, and during the day, um, it, for for those of you who don't know, we're like right on Central Avenue, which is a major you know uh, road. Um, so traffic builds up during the day around rush hour, and like. I, I will look out the window sometimes and I just see people staring in or if we're having a big tournament, like they just have this puzzled look on their face. Like, what is going on? Like, and sometimes people just walk in. They're like, I, I got to ask. I drive by here every day. I just had to come in to see what the hell is going on. And especially at like four in the morning or something, if there's like 40 people in here, they're like, you know, I, for the first year we were open, I thought the cops were just going to like think we were like selling drugs or something because we were just <laughs> open all night and like hanging out and like playing cards. And, like, but then they started coming in buying stuff. So, <laughs> so it works. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, so speaking of the location, yeah, you are on Central Avenue. You're just a few minutes from the former site of Alternate Realities. Yes. You are mere steps away. I told you just this <laughs> the other day. You're mere steps away from where I went to elementary school, uh, Sacred Heart. Um, it's funny. I don't remember what this place was when I was going to school here, but uh, it's cool that you're here now. It was a printing press. That's what somebody, a guy came in here one day. He's like, I, I worked here for like 10 years. It was, you know, in the printing press. And he, he was like, it's so crazy to see it, you know, it's, it's something else. But that's all I know. I'm sure there was other stuff, but. So speaking of the people who might drive by and be like, what, you know, what is going on in there? Yeah. <laughs> For anyone listening, I, I suspect most listeners of this podcast are probably familiar with what pops are. But if anyone isn't, I mean, how, how would you describe them? Um, they're, you know, little figures. You know, uh, people often mistake them with like bobbleheads or something like that. They're a lot nicer looking than bobbleheads and more well sculpted. But that's the closest kind of comparison I think you can make to like, you know, somebody doesn't know what it is. But they... um. They're only, you know, starting at like ten dollars. So, like, like you said before, it's it's there's something for everyone, and the price point is so great that it, you know, any anybody can can get one and have something they like because there's just so many different ones. And I think that's the you know recipe to why they blew up so, like they did. And they're so cute, they, even they the are. villains. <laughs> they are, they are, and they and they've gotten better and better. And I think you know that's an, that's another thing. Like you said, you guys started about a year and a half, two years ago, and I think that's when a lot of people got in. I'm a huge toy collector, and when they first started coming out, um, I you know I thought it was a cool idea, but the quality on them was not great, and they just didn't look the best. And I kind of was like, ah, eh, uh, you know, I, I wrote them off. Um, they started to get a little better, and we started carrying them. You know, we got in. I don't want to say we got in at the very ground floor, but not that far afterwards. And um, and that's kind of what also helped us to you know build up to the point we are, in, you know, with having such a selection and things like that. But um. You know, now those pops, though, that first came out are hundreds and hundreds of dollars because they sucked <laughs> and nobody <laughs> bought them. So there's none out there. And, and it's really funny. Like one of the guys that works here, he was trying to get the whole Sonic the Hedgehog collection. The Sonic the Hedgehog pop literally looks like it's melting. It's the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's like $300 or $200 something dollars because you can't find it. And it's just it's just funny to me. Um, but it's funny because you mentioned the ones that have uh, kind of gone up in value. Yeah. So I'm a huge Rocky fan. I'm, like, yeah, I'm wearing yeah. a Mickey's Gym yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but I love Rocky and I know those early ones. I looked yeah. them up on Amazon. Like, they're really expensive. Yep. Uh, we briefly mentioned this before the Power Ranger ones. Um, so we have the original, uh, white, um, pink red. and, and, and red, red Rangers yeah. that came out. And we were at the comic book convention that you organized yep. undiscovered, yep. undiscovered realm comic con just a few weeks back. Um, and we were speaking with the actor who played the second red Ranger. Yep. <laughs> it was a great guy. 
Uh, yeah, he's super nice. And he was telling us how, how much in value they've gone up, and we had no idea. Because uh, we paid, yeah, you got them for me as a gift, right? Yes. They were you know, nothing crazy when you got them, right? Right, between ten and fifteen dollars. Yeah, two two a years piece. ago, you could uh, you could you could find them on any shelf, you know what I mean? And uh, now they are not. <laughs> so, uh, so what are they going for now? Um, the the White Rangers hundreds now. Um, I, I want to say like two to. I, I haven't checked in a couple of weeks, and that's enough time, really, for it to maybe be pushing three hundred. The glow in the dark one is like nine hundred dollars now. Oh my god, uh, it's it's crazy, yeah, and. Um, and the red and the pink are probably in the 200 range. And they were only, even, even I, I would say two months ago, around 80. So they're going, you know, and what happened is, uh, A, they got retired and everybody wants them. But they got the license back and they're making all the other ones. Yes. Um, so now, again, going back to being a completionist, you want the set, you know, you got to pony up. And um, also, you know, this is another thing we can touch on. Just toy, toy collecting in general around springtime, when uh, uh, people start getting their tax refunds, things go through the roof on like harder to find stuff because people start to have you know disposable income and the thing that they've been eyeballing all year they're like all right now i have some cash i'm gonna buy it and when you know there's a thousand people trying to do that and there's a hundred of them on the market obviously that's what happens and it happens every year with all collectibles not that we've been having that much of a debate about it. i mean we're on the same page with it but we've really been wrestling with do we try to sell the power ranger ones because for me there's a huge nostalgia factor i mean i yeah. love power rangers growing up and um you know, so it was so cool, and, and they were a gift from you. Um, and as Chris, as you mentioned, they're coming out with the rest of them. So yeah. now it's like I'm really torn. You know, because it's not it's not a small amount of money. You know, if they're going no, for no, that much, no, it's not. It's not. But I don't know. Any, any, What's any advice? Your advice? Yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you like my personal philosophy. I I try to collect certain. You know, I'll use. You know, this is a perfect example. Um, a few years back, um, Mezco released these awesome Goonies action figures. I got them all. You know, they were like fifteen dollars a piece. And now the you know the set is worth somewhere it's only five figures like five five hundred plus dollars and I saw that and you know the pop uh, Goonies came out so I was like all right I'll sell these I got my you know four hundred dollars I got for them or whatever it was and I bought the pop figures for fifty bucks and now those have gone up to like thirty to fifty a piece and you know even more and you know and that's kind of what I do with my collection like you know there's certain things I'll probably never get rid of but I like to own something from the different things that I like. So, but you know, that's the great thing about toys. It, you can buy, everyone thinks, oh, you're just wasting your money on toys. I, I laugh at them every time because it's, it's worth so much more than like half the crap people invest in, you know? And, um, you know, you get to enjoy it for a few years and then you get something else, you know, from the same series and get to enjoy it for a few years. Maybe you never get rid of it. Maybe those go up too and you get the next thing that comes out and you're just, you know, you're actually making money off it, enjoying it and, you know, constantly evolving your collection. And uh, that, so that's generally what I do. I, I will tell you, I had a White Ranger myself, um, and I forgot that it was vaulted, which we'll get into. That means when they, like, retire them. Okay. And I, I was like, oh, they're probably going to, as soon as I saw them re get the license, oh, they're going to make another White Ranger. And I was like, let me lock in my value now. <laughs> you know, it was like $80 at the time. The stupidest thing I did. And I usually don't make stupid mistakes like that with toys because, like, I actually do this for a living. And, uh, you know, even I, you know, screwed up. <laughs> so it's, it's very possible. You know, I, I would say it's... Hang on to them for a little while longer. They're not going to go down in the near future. And once the other ones come out, actually, then you're going to probably see another price increase because people are going to be like looking at the four on the shelf and be like, all right, I got to get the other ones. This has been an ongoing discussion for us. And that brings up definitely one of the points we were talking about where this new series is coming out. So is that going to decrease the value because now they're going to re-release? But it seems like it's only making them more valuable because people now want the whole set. Yeah. So so one thing you can always check is once, once something's vaulted, that's what Funko uses as a term for retiring them or putting them out of production. They... They, they've only unvaulted something once, and it was a couple Star Wars figures. And they haven't done it since, and I don't know if that's something they're going to continue to do. They did put them out in a limited amount. 
And you know, that's something, if they do it properly and control it, they don't just print a million and unvault something. Sometimes it doesn't affect the price at all because the collectors still want the original, you know, they changed the box. So people still want the original release and things like that. Um, but I haven't seen them unvault anything since. So if it's on the vaulted list, it's almost guaranteed to maintain its value unless the whole pop market crashes, you know, which, you know, is always a potential thing. But I don't think that's happening anytime soon. That actually was one of the things that I wanted to ask you. I mean, do you see these as like a passing fad or do you think these have the staying power? I mean, as someone not only who owns the store, but you just given your history as a collector sure, and following sure. this um, stuff. You know, everything has its height. And, you know, things I've seen things maintain, I've seen things, you know, peak and then crash horribly. Um, you know, I, I think this is one of those things that, you know, everything has its height. It's impossible to maintain that forever. I don't think this is something that's going to completely fall off a cliff and crash. Everybody loves the, oh, it's the new Beanie Babies. That's like the key term. And, you know, what I always tell them is it's not, you know, the, the cultural phenomenon of it is almost the same, but... You know, it's not like Pink Cat number seven and Bob. It's Batman. It's Power Rangers. It's Star Wars. You know, those things are always going to have some inherent value to people. And, th you know, they're cool, just like action figures would be or something like that. So I think for that reason alone, they're always going to be worth something, especially, you know, like Disney, you know, things like that. There's aside from pop collectors, there's people who just collect everything Disney, everything DC, everything Marvel. So you have so many fandoms involved that it's, it's kind of hard for it to do that. Well, Steph, it's interesting because you, in preparation of this, uh, and without me asking, you did a good bit of research on the history of pops and uh, and their appeal. So what were some of your findings? Yes. Yeah, so one of the main appeals that they were talking about is because, as I mentioned, that they're so cute. And talk, there was a discussion a bit about what makes them cute and why people are are attracted to things that are quote unquote cute so those main features of the big eyes no mouth big head in in uh relativity to the to the body mm -hmm. um and some of those features just like either puppies or kittens and babies especially so that instinct they think I, i'm not an expert in this field but they some of the experts do there's been research on you know why people are attracted to things that are cute and it could be because human babies have no ability to care for themselves from a young age like other animals in the wild do. So this natural instinct for an adult human to be attracted and want to be with or take care of something that is quote unquote cute um, might be an evolutionary or, you know, adaptive uh, feature specific to humans. And I guess that that is one of the appeals. Like, I, you know, I, I think I remember when Anthony first told me about these pop figures and that they were, you know, coming out in all different designs. And I think he did describe them as, oh, they're very cute. And, and they are, and they continue to be. And, and those specific features really... I think have captured the hearts of, of many people as well as just the interest in the various shows and movies. I'm sure that has a whole lot to do with it. And I'm sure they have like a whole crack staff over there, <laughs> like, you know, researching those type of things, you know, that's unfortunately, you know, it's, it is a business, I guess, at the end of the day. So I'm sure they, you know, I don't want to say they prey upon that, but you know, they have to factor that in. Um, but I, I definitely, I see people all the time and, and, you know, you say cute, but you know, when we do conventions and stuff, I see people, come into the booth. Oh my God, this is so cute. Oh, this is so, you know, and I, I probably hear that word more than almost anything else, you know? Um, so it's, it's funny you, you mentioned that, but that definitely, I think attracts people, uh, you know, that combined with, like we said before, like 
there is something for everybody. You, you will mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm sure there's nothing I want. I mean, they have you know, 16 candles. The, the Golden Girls are coming out in like a yeah. month. And, you know, you'll have, oh, the Golden Girls. I've had more people ask for those than almost probably anything that we've ever had before. Like, And people who don't collect pops, they're like, I, you know, I'm going to need a set of the Golden Girls. I'm like, all right, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I mean, I know a big thing for us has been um, the fact that, like I said, most of our collection is focused on the, the television shows that we like. And... Pops might be the only thing that you can collect yes. from that show. Uh, I mean, certainly, you know, I mentioned Walking Dead. There's a lot of Walking Dead stuff. But, you know, something like Orphan Black. Yeah. I don't know how much merchandise there is for that. But it's like we have all the Pops. Once Upon a Time is another one. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's definitely something that's been an attraction for us, for sure. You know, I personally, you know, own a lot of those, like, random one-offs because, uh, you know, I've been waiting for stuff forever, you know. And it's, it's nice to... Uh, you know, like uh, Bill and Ted's like one of my favorite movies ever, and and they're finally putting those out in a in a couple months as well. And there was only the cartoon figures from back in you know the 80s and early 90s, and you know they're worth a ton of money now. So if you you want something Bill and Ted, you've never been able to, and that's a huge cult classic, you know. And now finally you can you know so that's a perfect example. And there's hundreds of things like that. So it is really nice to and you know that goes back to what I was saying. Like I, you know I just want to own something from each of my favorite things, and it's nice to be able to finally do that. So is your business mostly, do you think there's, it's disproportionately more comic book fans that are coming in for, you know, recent or classic Superman, Batman things? Or is it a lot of, okay, I'm looking for 16 Candles or Friends I see on the wall, things like that that are a little bit more obscure? Yeah, there's a good mix of everything, I'll be honest with you. There's definitely the people who are super into comics. And, um, you know, I would say, going to the comics thing, as I, with everything comic-related in the last couple of years, I think it's more the, the fans of the movies than even the comics anymore. I think, you know, that's there's obviously a lot of comic fans out there, but that's eclipsed anything. So that's brought so much awareness that, you know, you have, like, these parents and children coming in that want these things that you would never assume they'd want, you know, and really obscure thing. It's... So there's that, but then there's the people who literally are just like, oh, I love Friends so much, I just want the set of Friends Pops. And, um, you know, then there's, you know, a lot of people that are hardcore collectors that will buy as a gift that, you know, they make a great gift because, you know, if you don't know what to get somebody and you know their favorite show is Friends, like, this is the best thing. I can spend $50 and get them the entire set. And, you know, so there's a lot of that. And, you know, and it goes back into, it's almost like you're sucking them in too because now they have those five friends sitting on the shelves. I'm like, you know, I really like these. What else do they make? And then, you know, that's when it's over. I, I joke all the time that pops are like the gateway drug of collecting because they are, you know, for $10. You know, I'm used to, um, I was a big blind box collector, um, which for those of you who don't know, they're little boxes with figures in them, but you don't know which one you're going to get. You know, they'll revolve around a theme. It's not like you're just getting a random character or something. But, um, you know, and those are sometimes $10, $12 a piece. And, you know, I had no problem buying those forever. So for me to get a nice sized figure, I know what I'm getting. It's, it's nice. It goes up in value for $10 is a steal. You know, high-end toys can be hundreds of dollars. You know, that's, that's why I laugh. Like, people come in and buy 30 pops at a time, and people are like, how can you do that? But, like, people, you know, they'll buy, you know, hot toys for five or $600 at a clip, and, you know, that's 60 pops, you know? So it's, it's not that crazy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I was never a huge toy collector. Like, mm-hmm. I had action figures as a kid, but, I, you know, I played with them. Yeah, it wasn't so much that I was collecting them. And then as I got older, I got more into statues. Yeah. And, yeah, as far as prices go, uh, I mean, the most recent statue I bought uh, was the first one I had bought in a long time, but it was uh, the Green Arrow, Black Canary one that DC put out cool. recently. Uh, I mean, that was 250 
Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, you could buy a lot of pops for yeah. that. You know, literally, you know, 25 pops, you know. Wait, it was so- how much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a discount, don't worry. Yeah. We, <laughs> I know all the time we just like, people come in like, don't tell me what. We, we, bought, a, we bought a giant collection um, about two weeks ago, a huge, it was probably retail, like $12,000 worth of pops. And uh, yeah, it was huge. Oh a lot God. of really high-end stuff and like rare stuff. And um, the guy came in and I was like, you know, why are you selling it? Because there's always a story behind it, you know. And he's like, I just can't listen to my wife anymore. <laughs> like literally, that was it. It's taking up too much space. Like they're just in the corner. He's like, my kids are literally crying because they love them so much. But like, I just can't. I can't listen to the wife, you know. And obviously, you're cool. You collect, you know. But that, you know, and there are a lot, a lot of couples coming, which I've seen more, more with this than any other um, collectible ever uh because they, they both like them and it might be going back to that cute factor thing again or you know the natural uh, you know love of things that need look like they need to be cared for and i really do think that's a great point because i've never seen that before with the collectibles it's always like the wife standing there and i don't mean to like you know over generalize but i see it constantly you know yeah no i mean i can attest to that years of working at alternate realities you know we had there were some female customers not that there weren't any there were some um, and then of the male customers, you know, yeah, there were some significant others who came in and they yeah. were cool with it. There were others who, you know, not so much. I they mean, just there were definitely customers who were yeah. like afraid as they were <laughs> sitting there, you know, getting their books. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I really do want to stress that, that it's not like I collect these and you're kind of, you know, reluctantly coming along. I mean, this is something we both got into together. And I would argue, I think you're more into it than I am. Yes. I think you tend to restrain me a bit from making some of the purchases like you've mentioned the fish mooney i'll never forget that or forgive you for that not letting me get fish mooney it's probably going to be worth so much money in the future it's not i told this story on the first episode Uh this season but uh we were at midtown comics a few months ago and they had um they had just gotten in the gotham ones and we watched the show uh fish mooney not my favorite character uh and they but they had all of them and and I said, well, let's just get the ones that we want. And you were like, yeah, and but then we're not going to have the complete set. <laughs> and I was like, but it's okay. But I said we could get it if you wanted it. But I said, no, that's okay. We'll just get the five. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's a dangerous territory getting into, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a great point. And that's something I've personally struggled with forever. And I think Pops broke me out of that, which actually has been nice. I was... With anything I've collected over the years, I was always a completionist. I needed to have everything. If there was a variant, you know, I had to have the variant and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it was hard. And uh, when the pops started coming out, you know, I started, you know, I started collecting like little sets. So like Beavis and Butthead, easy, you know, Doc Brown and Marty, easy. You know, but once like the bigger lines started coming out, you know, I, I was like, ah, this is hard. Especially with the exclusives and the variant, you can go, you know, you can go crazy because some of them are hundreds of dollars before you can even get them. You know, San Diego, Comic-Con stuff, things like that. So I started to become more selective and I'd be like, okay, you know, I really like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'll use friends as an example. I don't have those, but I, I love Chandler. Let me just get Chandler, you know, and uh, it's, it's really helped a lot. And it, I've noticed it spread to my other facets of collecting as well. But there are the people that, you know, they just need to have everything. And I, I don't think it's actually possible with these. It's just not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, you know, that's, that's the thing. I'm sure there's a guy. I, I ask this all the time. I've never seen it online. But I feel like there's got to be a guy out there who has every pop ever. There has there to be. There has to be. Yeah. But I don't know where he's keeping them or what he's doing, you know. And that, that's, that's the other thing. You know, they do take up space, you know. Um, so, do, so, do every, so does every collectible. But, um, you know, that, that's the eternal struggle. Like the out-of-the-box collector, the in-box collector, that, you know. So what do you guys do with them? Do you take them out or you keep them in the box? We take them out of the boxes, but we have all of the boxes. Thankfully, we, in Anthony's uh, most recent move, we debated... 
throwing out the boxes because we had trash bags of just boxes. So we said, I don't know. We said, let's just keep them for now. That's fine. We have space for them for now. And yeah, now that we've seen what's happened with the Power Rangers, yeah. we're very thankful that we did. I, I could tell you a good story about that, actually. Um, uh, I also own a, a big tattoo shop in White Plains, and all the guys there are big, you know, they're big comic book fans, they're big collectors, toy collectors, they're artists, you know, they, they're very well in, in the same area as us. And um, they have giant pop collections, and we have them, they all have them on their stations at the store. One of the guys there had at least 100, and uh, he, he went away for a week, and we took them all out and put them in each other's boxes. Like literally, like you know, uh, you know, we took the plastic inserts and just re and it took him like a day before he realized. And he just looked at it and it was he stared at it for a few minutes and he's like, "All right." And he took them out of the box and threw all the boxes away. And that was not the intention wow. at all. You know, it was just a joke. And I would have helped him sit there and put them all back. You know, it was just we just wanted to see how long it would take him to notice. And uh, he was like, well, right, "Whatever, I should have done this anyway because he was running out of space." Now he is flash forward six seven months later trying to purchase all those boxes back. There's actually a group on Facebook <gasps> with uh, oh that's that just sells boxes and stuff. If you have a damaged box and there's people who throw them away so they'll just sell the boxes. Right. And um, he's like I saw him post the other day looking for Ghost Rider but Ghost Rider was $10 at the time. It's like 130 now. Um, so so yeah, keep your boxes. I do exactly what you guys do and I actually started just keeping always keep the plastic things inside too. Yes. But uh I, I, I you know tips for you guys out there. This actually works really well. I take the the plastic piece out now. They stack pretty well and then I take the boxes and fold them flat. And I was able to get like one decent sized bin with probably 200 150 pop boxes and protectors in that one bin as opposed to like 10 bins that they were in before. It saves so much space, but do not throw your boxes away. I take them out too because uh, there's a lot of people who come in and they're like, oh, I'm not taking them out. I love these for that reason because if it's an action figure, I don't open it. I keep it you know, sealed on card, you know, whatever. With these, I can take them out and if I want to put them back in, you would never know that they were out and I think that's awesome. So it lets you save space and keep them complete. So, uh, you know, don't throw away your boxes because there's a million horror stories just like that. Uh, don't, you know, Chris Delando, right? Yep. Has he ever told you the story about his green green arrow? No. Okay, so he got the metallic green arrow um, and uh, he threw the box away. It was given to him as a gift. You know, he, you know so his, his rationale is, oh, I'm never going to sell it. Fine. You know, we all, we all say that. But, you know, sometimes you, something happens. You, you need to sell it, you know. He threw it away. Um, it is now, I think, about eight to nine hundred dollars, <laughs> and he has no box for it. So that, let that be a lesson to you. Well, it's you know, like you said, we had that you know that discussion about whether we should get rid of them or not. You know, my my training as a statue collector, it's like no, you got to have the box because mm -hmm. if you ever want to sell these, and yeah, I guess our thinking with these was, you know, we probably wouldn't sell them, but again, you never know for sure. And they don't, we don't have so many yet that we're overflowing with the boxes. Uh, so I am glad that we kept them, um, again, in case we ever do decide to part with the Power Rangers ones or any others that might go up in value, you know, it's good that we have them. The display aspect, that's something we've, we've tried a bunch of different things. So I guess tips for anyone out there, uh, at the container store, they do have these, I think they're called like doll collector doll boxes, boxes. doll, doll display boxes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about like the plastic cubes that literally like they go no, inside? No, no, they're like rectangular. Like, they're like rectangular plastic just to boxes. put in and yeah. you put them up. Yeah, and they're actually they have different levels. So there are these, um, you know, black bars that you can I, stack. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we did those for a little while. You can't fit too many though in one. Uh, but Maximum now four, I think we've ever. Yeah. Was the most. It was a little tricky, but now we found uh, what I think is is going to be the the one that we stick with. Also at Container Store, the floating shelves. Those are great. 
Um, yeah, there's I've I've tried everything. I'll be I'll be 100 percent honest with you. Container store is great, but some of the stuff's a little pricey. So when you start getting yeah. big collections, it does yes. add up. I um I've seen people do everything. One thing that people do a lot online, similar to what you were doing at first, is uh, Michael sells baseball bat cases. We, and have, they, we yeah. have those too. Yeah, they fit perfectly in there. But you know, it starts to get. They always have buy one get one free and stuff like so. That's so you how can we got them, them. Yeah, you can get them for a decent price. Those look great, but again, if you have hundreds of pops or even a hundred, like it's going to get expensive. Um, what I do is I have Detolfs from IKEA, or I have a above TV stand. So mine, for instance, I have probably about 140 above my TV, and uh, I use Container Store also sells these plastic cubes. I think they're meant for like gems and you know what whatever. Um, I use those as risers, and I so I put the first row, then I put a row of the cubes, put them on top of that. So they tier perfectly. Then two cubes, a, a row, and I have about I don't know six or seven. And then across the top of the shelf, I use those floating shelves, just like almost to the ceiling, like right below the ceiling for another row. It looks really great, and it's a little cheaper. And one thing I learned is uh, the cubes that they sell there for like three dollars a piece are the exact same thing that they used to use for Beanie Baby cases back in the day. <laughs> and I found like comic stores that you know older ones that are literally have thousands of Beanie Baby cases that they've been sitting on for the last fifteen years, and they they sell them for like twenty cents a piece just to blow them out. So it's the exact same thing as three or four dollars at the container store. So if you look online and find Beanie Baby cases, it is the absolute best way to display them. It's cheap, um, and uh, it looks—it really does look great. And a single Detolf, which is like the standard case, I guess, for collectors from IKEA, is like sixty bucks, and it holds, I think, uh, twenty-four about eighty pops per Detolf, and they look really great. And you do—you know—you just do them tiered, just like I said, and they really look nice. You can put a light in there. I think that actually could be good as opposed to buying more and more shelves and installing them the into the up. wall I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you guys a picture because uh, it, it really it looks it does look cool and like people come over and they're like uh yeah and going back my, my wife hates it uh because it's over the tv so she's like every time i go to sleep i have like a thousand eyes staring at me like <laughs> I, and she she she's not happy about it you know you know we'll, we'll move hopefully sooner than later and i'll have you know a sec you know i'll have a basement or something i'll have all my collectibles she'll never have to look at them again but uh she she she's cool with it but uh, you know i it she definitely always complains about the eyes. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if I could have them in the bedroom. Yeah. They're in the, the family room right now. So Yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. You know, we, it was my room before we got together. And uh, so I just, it's kind of just set up like that until we move, unfortunately. So, but uh, I, I, I understand, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, be like, you have to look at these things. But like right now we have no choice, but it's, it's just funny. You know, everybody else is like, oh, the eyes are so cute. And she's like, I hate these fucking eyes. <laughs> But I mean, placement aside, I mean, how does she feel about them generally? Uh, I don't think she cares. I mean, I, I think she likes some of them. I don't think she gets the collecting thing, you know, but she, she's one of those people that just doesn't call, like accumulate possessions so much. So I think she's just not the best example of, you know, the, the dynamic of most because like there's a lot of and I'm, I'm not trying to like generalize women and be like, oh, they have a shoe collection or a bag collection. But there's a lot of women out there that do. And they don't think twice about buying their 80th pair of shoes. But then if you come home with another $10 pop final and you have like 50 of them, they're like, what are you doing? Like, this is stupid. And it's, you know, it's the same thing, you know, and, and to each their own, you know, and they should be able to collect their shoes and we should be able to collect what we want to collect. You know, and How do vice you feel versa. about women who collect shoes and pops? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's there's probably a lot. You know, you're looking I, at one. Yeah, I love I love collecting, so I I get it. You know what you you could collect, you know, candy for all I care. You know, I I, I understand it, and it, you know, I I joke. It's a disease. It's a disease. It is, but. You know, there's I, I, I personally I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't I don't do anything. And you know, I, I have people all the time, they're like, How do you have money for all this? and blah 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 blah. 
And uh, and I had a, I had a friend come in and he's like, oh man, I, there's so many pops I want. I wish I could afford these things. And I'm like, well, you smoke like a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. So every week you go buy about seven or eight of these. And he's like, are you serious? Like, blah, blah, blah. When you break it down for them or a night out at the bar, you know, people blow a hundred, two hundred dollars just to be sick the next day. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I have that. That's 10 pops. And I have them the next day when I wake up, they're still there and they accumulate in value. And you know, that's the thing, you know, and you know, like I said before, you sell those, you get something else that goes up. And before you know it, a five, 10 years go by, you have a huge collection and you, you might've not even paid that much money, you know, and people don't think about that type of stuff, but it, you know, it's, it really is. Uh, they do make great gifts. We joke that we would, uh, that would be our thing. Like whenever we had to get a gift for somebody, we'd give them a pop, but we thought people might get a little, uh, a little sick of that, but it's only worked with my niece so far, <laughs> <laughs> but they do make a great gift and you could put it on a desk. They I mean, really put them do. anywhere. They really do. You know, yeah. Even if you have one or two, your desk at work is a great example, you know, or at home, you know, they're small. You put them anywhere. They are. I, I really think they're the best gift. Like they're, they're st- literal stocking stuffers, but all year long. And it, it's, it's great. When we started with this, um, we made the decision that we wouldn't buy online unless we really couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Because we like the idea of, you know, if we happen to, you know, pass by a comic shop or not even a comic shop, we found them in all kinds of places. Yeah, you know, nowadays, that we would just yeah. kind of go and, and see if they're there. Why are you, why are you laughing? <laughs> what? When he says we, <laughs> it was we <laughs> both decided. The sweeping proclamation. No. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, she'd, there'd be boxes coming every day. Online, <laughs> if it wasn't for online, you wouldn't have the Power Rangers one. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we have gotten some no, on. We have gotten some online, um, but I don't know. Again, just sort of the thrill of the hunt, I guess. I, you know, we I, just thought I it'd be understand more completely. It'd be <laughs> Believe more. me. But you've kind of killed that for us because Chris, because now <laughs> anytime we want one, we're like, well, Chris probably has. It. That's true. That's true. That's true. But you know, there's things. And uh, my uh, going back to my wife, she's she's a nice girl. I don't want to make it sound like, she's, <laughs> but she hates it because whenever we go out, I'm like, let me just check Target. Let me just check Walmart. Let me just check because you know you never know what you're gonna find. And I collect a lot of action figures too. And it's like, oh yeah. And that's the thing. I could go online and just order it, but I say this all the time. Like the thrill, the hunt. There's no better feeling than like. I've been looking for this for six months. There it is in the wild. Like anybody can just go on and order it, you know, and it's just, it feels so good. And it, it, it really is part of the collect, the collecting bug, I think. Um, so it's, it's, I'm glad to hear you say that. I've been looking for like uh, this one record since I was a kid and I've never seen it, you know, in the stores. And I, I can, I now with eBay and all that, you can find anything at any time, but I just refuse to do it. I want to find it in the wild one day because like, you know, looking for it for 20 years, it's, that feeling is going to be real great when I finally, you know, find it. So. What record is it? Uh, the Smash Pumpkins, uh, Melancholy, but then on vinyl. And they never released it in America. So, like, and I'm always digging through, like, UCD stores because you never know, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just, I know one day I'll find it and it'll be the best feeling ever. So, I love that. No, preferably, yes, finding it in the wild, going on the hunt, going into... When we're in the city, yeah. different toy shops or random like grocery stores, they'll have a you know, yeah, selection it's, of pops. It's so funny we'll, now. we'll always go in. Definitely preferable to ordering it online. For the most part, we've been lucky where we haven't had to search for just one, other than the armored Batman. Well, yeah, but that that was a uh, <laughs> that one's a little different. That's not a generic <laughs> release, you know. The well, the armored Batman one is funny because uh, so there's actually going to be an upcoming episode of the podcast this season where we do a Batman v Superman debate. Oh, cool! Because I I liked it and I know a lot of people hated it and I just kind of want to you know have a have a discussion on it. But um, we were at we were in the Westchester at the Hallmark store. Yeah, and they had Superman, Batman, Wonder what? Woman, and I think they might have had the Aquaman they did. too. 
And I wasn't planning on getting those pops, but for whatever reason, I was so incensed by everyone who was just piling on the hate <laughs> for this movie. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get these pops. Uh, and those are the ones they, I got the Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Um, they didn't have armored Batman. I didn't realize at the time that it yeah, was... Yeah, uh, it's not a normal release. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when we were at... We saw you at East Coast Comic Con. I had a table there for the podcast. You had a booth for, for your store. Um, and while I was there, I saw you post that you had gotten an armored Batman. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go get it. And then I think we might have either you posted the price or we went to look. Yeah. And I think you were selling it for 50 Yeah, I wish I still had them. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, that's a little bit too much. But that kind of, I guess, brings us to the next point or something. Wait, that how much is it worth now? Sorry. I, th- to- I, I think like 70 80 okay. yeah, So yeah. that was a, st- we should have gotten it then. Yeah, I... I <laughs> Yeah, you know, go on. I don't want to cut you off. You know, yeah, I think that I'm sure that was a good price given. No, it was, and I, I totally get. You know, fifty bucks is fifty bucks. You know, but yeah, and but it's just it's like we've we don't I don't know really what our limit is because we also saw at that con um, the island version of Oliver Queen mm-hmm. from Arrow, uh, and that was like thirty. Oh, and it's just like <laughs> that's good too. Yeah, and we didn't get that either. <laughs> we just had one. I think we sold. Uh, I want to say like eighty bucks, but it sold in like ten seconds. I don't think we realized the the true value yeah. or the market value of them until recently when we started looking into the Power Rangers mm-hmm. phenomena. But do you, like, Steph, I'm curious, like, would that have changed, like, for either of those, if you knew how much they were worth, like, would that have yes. changed? Really? You would have, because I, really? I mean, to an extent, yes. Would it have cert- been definitive that I would have said, yes, purchase them then? No, but it definitely would have been a factor. Well, I think there's there's definitely an inherent value. Like, you know, I, obviously you should buy something you like because you like it, not because it's right. rare or not, you know, and that's, you know, in theory, that's great. But, you know, that's not always the case. If you see something you know is worth $200 for $40, you're probably going to buy it. You know what I mean? Even if you hate the thing. Um, so, I, you know, I definitely think like, you know, if you're looking at it just from the collecting aspect, it, you know, if you are used to a pop being worth $10 to you and you see one that you really want and it's $50, it's hard to maybe justify. But if that pop is worth $50 or $100, then it's not so hard anymore because you right. know your money is being spent on something that is worth that. You're not just buying something that's worth $10 for 50 because you want it. So, I, I, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me, I think. Yeah, I think we've been in the mindset since we've started of, okay, we're going to purchase the ones that we like and that we want to have for the fact of having it and that it's worth the value to us, whether it was 10, maybe $20. Um, and I think that's how we started with walking dead. There's, we pretty much have everything, but Anthony not being the, the completionist (laughs) mindset that he, I think once was is that, you know, there's a few zombie random zombies that we don't have. Um, but pretty much all the other characters we have. So we've been in that mindset of, okay, we don't need everything. And yes, let's just buy them to have them for our own enjoyment, not necessarily as an investment. However, now I think that's shifting because of, you know, what we've seen happening with the market. Sure. Sure. You know, and, and that, that is a good way to do it. And that should be the, the defining force behind it, I think. You buy the ones you like. You do have to look at them. You don't, and space is a premium. You, know, you don't want to mm-hmm. waste space on stuff that you're not going to fully love. You know? And yeah, you, know, you can look at them as like, oh, I sh- maybe I should buy this because it's going to go up. They don't always go up. You know? Some do, some don't. You know, there's some things that are t- been out for three years. They're still 10 bucks. There's some stuff that's been out for a month and it's hundreds of dollars. You know? So it, it's dangerous when you start to get into that mindset of like, well, maybe I should buy them all. You know what I mean? Because you know, I, I sell the things. You know, I should be saying, yeah, buy them all. But I, you know, I try to be honest with people. Like, don't always buy them all. But sometimes I'll tell people straight up like, you, you can wait a couple months to get this one. And then I'll tell people sometimes, and I hate it because it sounds like I'm just like, oh, spend more money. But I'm, I'm being honest with them. You know, like, if you don't buy this now, you're going to regret it, you know, because I'm a firm believer. And, and people laugh at me when I say this until they see it in action is 
sometimes you lose money by not spending money. You know, there's times where like maybe, you know, you have $70 left and, you know, we need to eat and, you know, pay the bills. We all do. Um, and you see that toy for 50 bucks and you're like, shit, you know, I got to be responsible and not buy it. But maybe then when you do have the money a year later, now it's $200 and you've literally, you know, you've lost $150 by not being irresponsible at that moment. So it's a constant balance. And I, and I say this to people and I see it all the time. Never pass something. Up. I've, I've heard so many times I should have bought it when I saw it. I should have bought it when I saw it all the time at every convention we go to a thousand times a weekend. Damn it. This is $100 now. I should have bought it last month for 40 We should have bought it when we saw it. But that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if I necessarily, I don't know if I really regret it. And I think it, it depends on a number of things. I think initially, you know, I was and still am opposed to paying that much more than the regular retail. Well, well, here's the thing. So you say that like the regular retail. I, I agree with you. Now, with like, let's use the Armored Batman, for example. There was no regular retail. In it. Right. You had to buy a $35 subscription box to get it. So... Is it worth, what is it worth at that point? Sure, you get a, a shirt and some other stuff in there, but it was 35 bucks. And if you bought every box, maybe there's stuff that you don't want. And now you're wasting money. So maybe you spent $100 before you got the Armored Batman that you loved, you know? So it, there, there's, there's, it's not a black and white issue. And, and you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. But it's, it's just, it's not really a clear cut issue. Yeah, no, your point is well taken. I think it's, again, just my mindset of like, well, the, you know, normally when we buy pops, they're $10. So anything more than mm -hmm. that, you know, it just seems like a lot. But on the other hand, I think maybe I just didn't like Batman v Superman that much because I think there are ones you know that there aren't any Smallville pops. Smallville is my no, all-time favorite I'm sure TV there show. Will be. I hope so. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there will be. Yeah, can you make that happen? Sense. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like that's the sort of thing where if there were a Clark Kent from Smallville in the blue shirt, red jacket, and it were fifty or a hundred, I don't think I'd have as hard a time. Yeah. I think that would be easier for me to pull the trigger. But that means that that's what you should be buying. You know, if you're yeah. not sure about it. You know, don't don't do it, I guess, you know, and that's the thing. I, I personally like we keep going back to the armor. But I, I love that figure. I, I uh, I'm not like I, Batman is my favorite hero, but I'm not like a being a Batman completionist in, in <laughs> pop vinyls is the worst thing you can ever do out of any figure. You will hate yourself because you will be buying Batman's forever for a lot of money. But um, that that figures really cool. <laughs> it is. Are you going to New York Comic Con? Maybe. No, that's we're You're getting not. married that week. Oh, shit. I got married the week after last year. That's funny. Congrats. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I was going to say, because what Funko does with those boxes is um, at the big shows like C2E2, San Diego, New York, they sell the ones that they have left over. And they'll sell them. They, not even, they're 35 if you subscribe to it because of the shipping. 25 bucks. And they'll have the armor band. I'll try and get you one. Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it in mind. Because <laughs> if they have them there, you know, they'll sell you 10 of them. You know, and so as a store, we love that. <laughs> We're like, oh, let's get them all. But, um, but yeah, so I'll try and get you one. Well, but I that's the best that. way for, for anybody who's out there looking for the subscription ones. Wait for the big shows because you'll be able to get them from Funko. You got to wait on the line, which sucks. But Well, you know, we told the, you know, the, the Fish Mooney story. Uh, yeah. But that's another aspect that I, I find interesting with, with our buying habits and, and others as well is this idea of self-policing. So just last week we were in Disney World. Oh. Uh, if I had it for work, which cool. was fun. Oh, yeah, I can't beat that. <laughs> uh, and so we were going around, and uh, there weren't too many pops. There, we found some Star Wars ones, but but that was about it. But uh, we were talking about, you know, maybe we'll find some uh, Marvel Civil War yeah. ones. And we, or probably I, said, oh, I don't know if we should get those because then we might want to get all the other Marvel movie ones. Were, were you? How did you feel about that? I agree. I mean, even though we were both big fans of the the Civil War movie um right you can get into a slippery slope of oh now that i have 
Captain America from Civil War. Now I need Iron Man um, and all the rest. But then it's okay. Then what's the, well, should we go back to the other Captain America movies and get those versions and the next movie? Should we get those as well? So still being, I, I think we're somewhat still susceptible to that completionist mindset uh, yeah. of, okay, now we, now we should get this version and, and the next movie. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's not like we don't have any self-control. I've seen every, every collector, you know, that gets everything, gets the one, gets, you know, it's, it's, you need to, you know, you said self-policing and that's the best way. You need to know what works for you and what you're working with. You know, if you have an unlimited amount of space and unlimited budget, fuck it, let's buy them all. You know, we have a customer that has probably 800 pops at this point and you know, I'd, yeah, he's, he's got a wall, you know, probably like we do in the store. So, you know, but that's not really feasible for most people, you know, so you got you to gotta do what, what works for you. I mean, I'm happy and, and proud, I guess, that I've been able to approach these and we've been able to approach these, you know, less as collectors and more, more casually, more as fans, yeah. you know, not feeling the need to get everything. Because, again, I have been that way with other things, with comics, with statues, with DVDs. Um, trade paperbacks, but pretty much everything I've collected. Yeah, uh, this I is probably yeah. <laughs> the most casual I've been. Uh, I don't know really what to attribute it to, but I, I, I'm having more fun with this than I have with with a lot of other things because I don't too. feel like I, I have to the, get them all. I think it's the price point too. Like when you have to be a completionist for for statues at a couple hundred dollars a piece, it's a lot harder. You know, when when you can just spend ten bucks, like that's that's a sandwich at the deli or something. You know, you don't think about it as much. You know, you know. So I think that's what it is because I'm in the exact same position as you. Everything else I've ever collected, I've been like so hardcore and so stringent. And with these, I'm just like, oh, cool. I'll buy this one. I'll buy this one. I'll buy this one. And they build up after a while. Don't get me wrong, but it's just you know, a hundred pops is like one really good statue. You know, <laughs> so it's it's hard for like somebody who's not a collector to listen to this conversation they probably like lock us up like you're mental like you're like oh it's so relieving to not have to buy more you know hundred dollar toys like but it, it really is like it's so nice to be able to just be like oh, cool i like this one i'll buy it. but even though i mean so i guess this is somewhat contradictory because i'm talking about how I'm more casual about it but yeah. on the same time i do feel the need to to police us as well yeah. um you know so there is that uh, Zach Walliner, who's been on the show before, is a friend of ours. Um, he doesn't own any pop figures, and he is very specific about that. He's he's really resisting because I think he's afraid that once those <laughs> those floodgates open, he's not uh, going to be able I to say, stop. It's a gateway drug, you know. It's like once you you start, you know, maybe you're like ah, I'll get two, and then you know, next thing you know, you got a hundred of them, and it goes from there. You know, they're not going to stop making them anytime soon. You know. Yeah, uh, with him in particular, it's funny you mentioned Golden Girls earlier. He and his wife are big fans of Golden Girls. Oh, uh, that might get him. When I saw that, <laughs> when I saw that announcement, I sent it to him. I'm like, all right, this this has to be it. You're gonna get these. And but he's still he's still uh, holding firm. Uh, Labyrinth though is his favorite movie. Oh, those he says, are so nice. Did oh, you they see have them, yet? them? Oh, they're coming out in like two months. All right, then I think they, he's gonna I think he's gonna cave. Do yourself a favor. Look at the, they don't even look like pop. They look like. You, you, I would probably spend fifty bucks on those if I saw them as a you know if if I was a huge I like labyrinth but I'm not like your biggest fan but I would instantly buy them they are probably the nicest looking pops they've ever made and point you know that, that's it they are gorgeous check them out they, they just they just really released the photos last week I think they come out end of summer you know yeah what sort of trends have you seen with the figures in terms of the way they're sold exclusive things like that I've noticed as far as exclusives go they've that that's been the thing like now that so many people are selling them, it's becoming a problem for the exclusives. Um, like they used to about two or three years ago, I think you had to do about 60 or $80,000 a year in business with them to be eligible to get your own exclusive. 
then it went up to about 100 then last time i talked to them 120 and then i was talking to somebody else i know who just started selling them and their rep told them a million dollars a year in exclu- in business and you know it's it's kind of hard for the small guy um you know as opposed to like your now that everybody's selling them, you know, Hot Topic has them, FYE has them, Hallmark has them. You know, we're one step away from Walgreens has them. You know, it's 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 crazy, and that's kind of boxing out the smaller guy um, because now they have like 30, 40 exclusives a year, and um, so I've noticed that that's the biggest trend is that everybody's doing it, and it's a, it's you know, a dangerous game because, you know, with any company I've seen this happen a lot is like when they try to appease the big boxes, um, they kind of kill the, the the item after a while because. You know, they're just working off of trends. You know, when pops aren't the the thing anymore, they're going to never sell another one. Whereas, like, stores like us and, you know, other comic book stores, they're, they, you know, nurture this culture forever. So you mentioned the store exclusive. So for those stores that meet, you know, meet that certain threshold, they can get a figure that's exclusive to their store. So it might be a different, either a different character or a variation of character from the main line. Exactly. Yeah. You can, um, you know, I I haven't gone through the process myself, but uh, we are constantly like chasing that, that bubble. And every time we get close, it goes up. (laughs) So I, you know, yeah. uh, When I talked to them about it, they said, you know, if you want to do, you basically submit to them your idea. You know, if you are like, you know, I really want to glow in the dark Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, they can do that, you know, and that could be your exclusive. And, you know, they'll ship them to you. You get a little sticker on it says, you know, Undiscovered Realm exclusive. And then people can only get them from you or at a con or, you know, whatever. Um, or if you have an idea and it's a new sculpt, they, they're open to that too. But you have to order like quadruple the amount, you know, to make it worthwhile because it's very expensive. So that's basically how it goes, you know. But when you have places like a GameStop or a Hot Topic that have 5,000 stores in the country, even if they put two in each store, they hit that threshold, you know? So that's the thing. That's why you're seeing like every two weeks, there's another GameStop exclusive, you know, going back to the Power Rangers, like they, for instance, GameStop has a metallic blue Ranger. That's a GameStop exclusive, um, you know, and I'm sure they're going to do that with all the different ones. And it has the, the movie coin in the chest instead of the, the original version. And so that's basically where we're at with the exclusives. Interesting. And then there are also, um, I think you, you mentioned this before, the, um, the boxes or the crates, those, those, yeah, that's, as that's well? something that Funko. So, you know, everybody knows like loot crate. I think they were the first ones, you know, and then they spawned this whole, you know, industry, which is now you can get anything. I mean, there's like, my wife gets like dog treats for the dogs like every month, you know, it's cool. But, um, you know, they were the original ones and every now and again, they'd have an exclusive in there. So I think Funko saw that and they were like, Oh, why don't, why, why are we doing this through somebody else? We could just do it ourselves. So they started with the Marvel one. I believe, and uh, so it's it's a subscription. It's thirty five dollars a month. You get a box. It comes with a pop, sometimes two, um, that you can only get in there. And then always there's a shirt, a pin, um, and then there's other items. Sometimes you'll get a like other figures that Funko makes, whether it's blind boxes or you know what other other lines, and uh, and you know that's how it is. Sometimes they're cool. Sometimes they're not as good. Um, sometimes you get two pops, and it's insane. Like you know the Hulkbuster is one of the coolest pops they ever made. That was the initial one from the first box, and you know, that's the only way you could get that armored Batman. Um, they just did, uh, you know, and, and they can do cool stuff that you don't normally see in those, like red snaggletooth or blue snaggletooth from Star Wars, which, you know, that's cool for the fans. You know, it's like a throwback. Um, and uh, so that's like the new thing, you know, but it's, it's hard. You know, if you want, now they have a Star Wars one, a DC one, and a Marvel one. So if you want each of those, you're spending $110 a month blindly, not knowing even what you're going to get. Right. They're always probably worth getting because like you've seen with the Batman, like the pops generally maintain because they cost that much to get, they kind of maintain that price point. But. Right. Well, I just saw um, one of the very recent DC ones had uh, the the exclusive was Jay Garrick from the Flash yeah, TV yeah. show. That's something that I think we'd, we'd probably like to have. Maybe we should look into uh, into subscribing. Would you be interested in that or not? Not so much. 
I think I'm more of the school of thought that I want to know what I'm going to to get and pay for before it comes. But I'm open to it. Yeah. Uh, as far as the store exclusives, um, do you have ideas, Chris, as far as which one, like what sort of things you would I want? I don't know. You know, I, I, we, we, we have this conversation all the time. And it, I guess it's kind of situational because what I would say now is probably completely different than I would have said six months ago or six months in the future because it would probably be like based on market. You know, if I, if I had to do one right now, I'd probably do blue haired uh, Goku um, just because that would probably be like a huge exclusive. And I'm sure somebody's already doing it, you know, whatever. Um, or actually, if I had to do one right now, I'd do Glow in the Dark Spider Gwen. Um, I, I, I'm a huge Glow in the Dark guy. I, anything that glows in the dark, I love, and uh, especially like toys. Um, and the Spider Gwen pops coming out in a couple weeks, and uh, uh, I think that one would be really big. And you know, and you know, things like that. It's it's great. Like we do a lot of conventions, so it's nice to have those because it does draw people to the booths. You know, and you know, you talk about New York Comic Con. That's like the big one. Um, you know, if they put that in their flyer, New York Comic Con exclusive, this you're gonna have a line wrapped around your booth for four days, and you know, so it does help. You know. But th I think that's what I would make right now. One of those two. But talk to me in six months. I'm going to tell you something totally different. Steph, for the figures that we have, are there any variations that uh, would be attractive to you? Like, are the like the ones that we have, like a different costume or, or a glow-in-the-dark feature or a different accessory or something like that? Maybe something from either Orphan Black because the, the character, well, the actress herself takes on so mm -hmm. many different um, cool. appearances, but the characters themselves, like, I don't know, maybe Allison pretending to be Cosima or vice versa. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I don't know, maybe something like that or Felix with clothes on. <laughs> 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 yeah, the bear. I was really surprised to see the bear ass yeah, Felix. Yeah. That one's it's one really of my favorites. Funny. Yeah, yeah uh, I was surprised though. Yeah, I yeah feel as like a normal release, yeah. yeah. I, I, they they kind of like flirt with you know, pushing the envelope a little bit here and there. But, yeah, that's that's one of them. I mean, the Orphan Black line, actually, I think, you know, they have one with the pencil stabbed in her eye, you mm -hmm. know? Like, you know, they, I think that's one that they've pushed the envelope. Old. Not that that's that crazy, but, you know, what I mean, but compared right. to, like, these cutesy little things. Yeah. That line more than anything, I'd say. American Horror Story, too, I guess. I guess it just, the property lends itself to that. I don't yeah. know. Mm -hmm. For me, I don't know that I would necessarily, that there are necessarily variations on ones that we have. I guess I would just want to see more... Uh, just more different characters maybe from some of the shows that we have the pops for or vehicles so we I have a lot of the supernatural ones I can't believe they haven't done the Impala <laughs> I mean it's such a distinct part of that show and they've done other vehicles for other ones so uh, like for me that's something I would love to see at some point yeah I, I you know I there as far as I know it's not in in planning yet but I can't imagine that you won't have that at some point because they they've literally made like Scarface's car you know like I don't know what it is with the rides. Maybe there, there might be other licensing issues. Like they have to license it from Chevy or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's probably what keeps those things from happening. Like why is there no Millennium Falcon yet or something like, you know, like and that obviously doesn't have that, those type of licensing issues, but I'm sure that that's something that you'll get at some point. Supernatural is one of the, like the most popular lines. And like, I would say one of the ones with the most fanatical fan collectors, like where they want every single thing. We were talking about this before we started on the, yeah, there's like, I don't know how many at this point. There's probably like seven or eight different Castiels, and that's the one everybody always comes for. Like you know, when they come to our booth at a show or something. Like, do you have this Castiel? And like, I don't watch the show, so they're like really funny to me. There's one where he's like in a Hawaiian shirt, and it's like I start joking. <laughs> we we have this running joke with Castiel in particular. Like, oh, it's like Bad Monday Castiel, or like you know, like food poisoning Castiel. Like it's literally getting to that point. So. It, it's it's another slippery slope where you're like, oh, I want more character, but they start getting ridiculous with them sometimes on the really popular lines. And then some lines, they just never make the other characters. And it, 
you know, I'm sure it all comes down to sales, but like, you know, it's weird. And, you know, and one thing you want to talk about trends, actually, I noticed recently they started, you know, going back to vaulting the figures. They used to just vault the line when they were done with it. Lately, they've been vaulting just select figures from lines and it really doesn't make sense. Like orange is the new black. They vaulted like three of the figures and not the other four. And like some, some movies like 21 Jump Street, they vaulted one of the guys and not the other one. And huh. it's just really weird to me like where how they choose that and uh, i would i'd really like to sit down with them and then <laughs> ask them that because it's interesting yeah that is weird we didn't we uh we held out on the oranges and new black ones because yes. we do watch and enjoy the show but uh, we didn't pull the trigger on those those are those are the ones that tend to be the best investment uh, you know i said like don't don't collect because of that but um i noticed like the fringe kind of tv shows um not fringe the tv show but like the, <laughs> the lesser known ones are the ones that they get retired the fastest and they start going up like ace ventura is like a hundred something dollars and this one people always look for uh, you know, things like that, because they're not as popular with the mass audience. They don't make as many and they kind of stop making them really fast. So and, you know, you know, with any kind of collecting this, the people that the lesser known stuff have the most diehard fans. And, you know, there's no other figures for them. So they're they suck them up immediately and then they're just gone and they go through the roof. Um, so, you know, I, you know, what would you guys say? Like, I know you said like Smallville would be something you'd really like to see. Is there another pop that you would Banshee Banshee? Banshee, yeah, that's a great example. I haven't made that actually. Yeah, I mean Banshee's great, and that, unfortunately mm. now with the show over, and it mm. never really attracted that large of an right. audience. It's hard. I don't know that we would see those, but like Banshee would be great. Uh, How I Met Your Mother. I'm would be almost positive. I would love. I'm, that's one of my favorite shows ever, and I'm almost positive we will have How I Met Your Mother before all said and done. Um, but Banshee would be good. That's like kind of like on the orphan black level mm -hmm. of like exactly. you know fandom, yep. I'd say, right? And those those came out so. But I, I think they don't do as well for them. So maybe I, I noticed like a year ago, they kind of started putting out all those properties, Vikings, um, Orphan Black, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think they did that great for them. So maybe they're a little more hesitant now. That's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, we're big TV fans. And, and like we said, there, you know, a lot of these shows, you can't get anything else. So yeah. as much as I love, you know, the DC characters in particular, it's like I have Batman statues, I have Superman statues. So for me... Like, would some of them be cool? I mean, I know there are a lot already, and, and if there were others, would they be cool to see? Sure, but uh, yeah, I'd be more excited for something office, parks and, and parks. recreation, you know, things like that. Uh, would, I'd love to see those, pops of those. Those are definitely probably coming, too. You know, there's there's a whole, like, cottage industry, like, people making customs and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, that, I, I didn't uh, think of that specifically for this, um, but yeah, that's something I've come across. I think mainly looking for Smallville ones. Like, I've yeah. seen some custom ones that people have done. What is your take on that? There's some really talented people out there doing them, and it's cool, you know. You, you, you can basically ask them for almost anything, and they even make custom boxes, so they're pretty impressive. Uh, talking about The Office, there's another um, vendor that we, we know from doing a lot of other shows, and he's a huge, huge Office fan. It's, like, his favorite thing ever, and he had a full set of all the characters commissioned from somebody, um, and, uh, you know, you know that sometimes that's what you got to do, but I think they are... I might be just making this up in my head, but I think they're making The Office. Because um, I think, like, I had that conversation with him, and he was showing me the pictures, and then, like, a month later, I saw them in the book, and he was like, damn it. Like, so there's always that risk. You know, you might drop a couple hundred bucks getting these, but they're still cool because nobody else is going to have them. Right. right. You know, but, you know, it, it's not as cool as, like, if they don't make the line at all, you know. So, you know, that's, that's one danger with the customs, I'd say. But, you, you know, you can get – I've seen people get – custom pops as wedding toppers um you know things like that actually one of when i got when i got married last year one of the customers here um she made us custom pops of me and my wife and she made like a little plaque for them and it was really cool oh, that's awesome and, you know it was like it was probably my favorite gift that we got you know and it just it was really thoughtful and it's cool to have them on the shelf you know 
going back, I guess, to the business side of sure. it. Um, so putting aside the exclusives and mm -hmm. variants, things like that, when you order pops generally, are you ordering from Funko directly? Yeah. Um, there are distributors that also, you know, like just like you would order your baseball cards from or whatever, you know, they, they've started to carry them just like anything else popular. But um, most of the time you're ordering from Funko directly. Um, you know, I think, I, I don't remember, the, I'm sure the rules have changed since we started too. You might need to do a certain amount of volume from them or, some, you know, that's that's generally the case. But also going back to the exclusive thing, like I try to order as much as I can from them to build up our right. yearly volume. And you can order uh, individual ones or do you, you have, have to order, order like an entire series? Um, not the entire series, but you have to order at least six of the same figure at a minimum. Oh, okay. um, so like if it's Saved by the Bell, you can order just Zach, but you have to order six Zachs. Okay. That's one thing that's kind of cool with a distributor, I guess, especially for a smaller store is there you can buy single pieces. So, and I, and I have kind of supplemented before, like if there's something like, I'm like, eh, I want to have it because I do try to stock everything at least once. Um, you know, I'll be like, oh, let me buy two or three pieces. Our shelves hold three at a time of the same figure. So I'm like, let me buy three because I don't know how this is going to sell. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes we get hit really hard, like. You know, you order these things six months in advance, and the TV ones, you know, usually the show's been around a little bit, but the movie ones, you never know what to expect. Like, Tomorrowlands um, is like the, the uh, <laughs> every, but that's, that's like the one pop that you, you'll find on clearance everywhere. It didn't sell at all. And, like, the movie looked like it was going to be a cool thing. So I ordered, I didn't, like, order a ton of them or anything, but I ordered them. Like, all right, these are going to sell. And I don't think we ever sold one. And then, uh, you know, there's stuff like um, uh, Overwatch, the game that just came out. A lot of the video game ones don't sell that well. Those now it's back ordered like four months. You can't find the Overwatch pops anywhere because it was just such a big. So it's really hard. Like you kind of have to under order on everything because like sometimes you just get left holding the bag, and it's better to sell out than to sit on them. You know. It's good to know though that you can order uh, just the ones that you want because mm -hmm. you know at working at alternate realities it was always tough with uh, DC Direct, for example, when we we're ordering action full figures, lines. you had to buy the full uh, line. That's hard. And, you know, we were always, you know, like if it was a lot, you know, like the Superman and Batman, well, like the popular ones would always sell and then we'd be stuck with the less popular characters. Yeah. So at least you have that amount of, uh, of flexibility. Uh, so you, you can order the regular ones from Funko for ones that, you know, either you sell out of or if they're an exclusive or a variant. How do you go about getting those? It's, it's hard. Um, I see, we're friends on Facebook. Yeah. I see you posting stuff. I know you, you hustle hard to get. These yeah, yeah, we do. We do. Um, it's, uh, you know, they're. Depending on what it is, it's different. If it's a con exclusive, it's literally waiting online just like everybody else um, or having a lot of people wait online. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, back back when Comic-Con was easier to get into, um, we used to buy tickets for people and be like, listen, here's the deal. We'll buy you a ticket, spend the first hour or two just helping us get the things, and then enjoy the rest of the day. You know, and it's win-win. They get in for free. We get our stuff. And, you know, um, you know, and that, that was also just as collectors personally before we even had the store too, you know, we just, it's impossible to get everything in one shot. Um, so there's that, those are the hardest ones to get S stuff like stores, you know, um, there's varying degrees and I'm not even just talking personally. I know other stores that have similar things. There's some places that just have deals with guys that work in the store. Like, Hey, I'll give you stuff for like five bucks when you come in. If you know, when that shipment comes in, it never hits the floor. Um, we don't really do stuff like that too much, but, um, it, it does happen, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's a kind of the black eye of the industry, you know, like, but it, it, you know, I know some pretty big stores that like, you'll never find anything in their area because it's still just pay off everybody, you know? Um, but you know, sometimes it's just being good at getting things, you know, like over the years, like, you know, I go to a lot of concerts and I always have really good tickets to concerts. I'm not like doing anything that anybody else can't do. It's just, I've refined the process to the point where I'm know how to do it you know 
and so there's a lot of that that goes into it. But we also have like a lot of our customers, like a good example, we have a, a guy who works for the MTA. And he, for the last six months, um, he would have to go to Plattsburgh because that's where they were building all the new buses. And once, twice a month, he'd go up there. He'd have to inspect, making sure that they're doing everything properly. And all like down here, the Walmarts never have anything. The Targets never have anything. Up there, nobody buys them. It's a lower income area. They don't have as much disposable income. They kind of just sit on the shelves. He would come back with 20 of them at a time. And uh, so, you know, it's just a lot of having friends and helping other people. And they're happy to help you, you know. And that's really what it comes down to. But there's every different pop is probably a unique uh, process you know and i know you know conventions are a big piece of it for you as well yeah um, that's so something what, we've been ramping up more and more yeah uh, and you bring a significant amount of your pops yeah you know them. and i, I joke I, I don't like to take responsibility like oh yeah everybody's copying us but when we started doing it like our our display if you guys aren't familiar like like we were talking about the wall in the store we pretty much replicate that at the shows like it's almost the same thing we have a 20 foot wall 10 feet high pops floor to ceiling and also organized exactly the same. Um, and uh, so that really stands out. And I've noticed that other shows, um, now people are starting to do that, the other vendors and stuff like that. And they did not do that before. It takes us like six or seven hours to set up at a convention It's with four or five guys. You know, it's, it's an undertaking. But I think it pays off during the convention because the other guys, they might be out of there in two hours, but they're literally just throwing everything on the wall and like, this Yoda is on the upper left corner and Luke is on the bottom right. And like people don't even notice it. But if you come here and they're like, oh, I'm looking for Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, we have it. It's right here. And they're like, oh, shit, they're all here. And they'll buy five at a time instead of one, you know. And, you know, I think that that goes a long way. Well, I commend you for the organizational system because it, it does make a difference as as a consumer. Um, and I, especially at, at conventions, too, because there's a lot of people. You're, you might be pressed for time and it, it you know, can, uh, yeah. can make the buying process a lot more pleasant. Uh, you know, we live in White Plains, so we go to city center mm -hmm. fairly often, and there's a Barnes and Noble in there. Yeah. So what do, what do, uh, what's our experience there like? So we really like to read, so we go into. The <laughs> <laughs> yes. only I know we, we always joke about that. It's like we only go into the Barnes and Noble to look for pops or go to Starbucks. <laughs> well, so we we go into Barnes and Noble, and we go to and they have a four by four. Uh, shelves and yep. we go around and we look and we have to pull we make sure to pull down every single one so we can see what's behind it because it may not be it's exactly. not like your system yeah. where it's the same you know right behind it but so we go through shelf by shelf every single one and have to look for for things at the beginning we did pretty well with the walking dead ones they would have a few um at a time but now recently we really haven't found anything yeah. there um but yeah, it's there's no organization, or it seems like someone has tried. But between yeah, the kids and no, you know, I'm there's sure, yeah. have you have you had the uh, personal pleasure of trying to find them at an FYE? No. Oh, uh, no. oh yeah, I've you want to talk about FYE talk about like Barnes and Noble times a thousand because they stock a lot more. But you're, you're talking like a row of ten deep and ten high, and they're just on. They're not even on shelves. They're just on top of each other. Oh, so wow. like, if you want to check what the fifth one on the bottom is, you need to remove literally 150 pops. It is the most uh, like annoying experience in the world. So yeah, I, I totally. I'm you know I'm a you know I'm don't just sell the things. I'm a big collector myself. Like we were talking about. So like I look for stuff myself. You know, and Barnes and Noble has exclusives, things like that. Um, you know, so it it is really annoying. Like you can you can walk in here, scan the wall. We have ten times as many. And be out five times faster than you would at a Barnes and Noble with like twenty mm -hmm. pops there because it just takes forever. It's an awful experience, and the, the boxes get destroyed too. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's just bad. You've mentioned now a few times, you know, your you know your history as a collector yeah. and the fact that you're into this stuff yourself. Um, so I mean, I'm curious as someone who, because again, I spent a lot of time with Steve at Alternate Realities, and mm -hmm. 
you know, it's always interesting to me when people take their, you know, their passion and they, they turn it into a career. So, I mean, what has the experience like been like going from <laughs> a collector to a store owner? And sort of what was the, how long have you, have you been here now? Oh, uh, this is our fifth year. Okay. Um, you know, there's a lot went into it. So, um, I met, uh, I've been playing the card game Magic the Gathering since I was about 10 or 11. So, you know, 20 some odd years now. And um, I met a lot of my friends that I'm still very good friends with through that game. And we used to hang out at Dragon's Den when we were kids, um, which is, you know, for those of you listening online, it was a, it was the like local store, you know, where everybody came. They sold cards, comics, video games, everything. So we used to like live there, you know, <laughs> we'd be there from open to close and hang out. And um, we always joked, you know, like, oh, we should open a store one day. We should, you know, we're like 13 at the time, you know. And it kind of, you know, we went through our lives. We started getting jobs, started doing things. And, you know, I opened the tattoo shop. So I had some experience with running a business. And, you know, it was always something that was in the back of our minds. And, you know, we had always, as collectors, like I said before, you know, stuff goes up. We sell it. We buy other stuff. You know, we have to get hard to get stuff. We were kind of doing it, but for ourselves, you know, not as like us. You know, we weren't selling to the general public. So the the skill set was there. It was just a matter of like, all right, let's finally do this. You know, it's been 20 years, I guess it's time. And one day, I, I don't remember the exact catalyst for it, but we did. And, um, you know, so that's, that's kind of how it started. And, um, you know, there's a lot, you know, it is extremely time consuming. Like before we were on there, we were talking, we had a big set release this weekend. And we were here from, I started at midnight Thursday. And I think I was home for at most three and a half hours for the four days following it. You know, we were open 20 hours a day for four days straight. And, you know, it's, it, it's exhausting, you know, and then, you know, with other jobs and things like that, it's hard. So it's really a passion industry. And I'm sure, you know, working, you know, you're working off of the thinnest of margins, you know, like anybody who wants to get rich in an industry like this, do almost anything else. Like I joke all the time, if you factor in the hours that you work in an industry, comics or anything, you know, the guy that's frying your fries at McDonald's is making twice as much as you probably if you average the time. So you really have to love the stuff. You can't, it's like a it's a multifaceted thing because like going back to saying like i need to order this six months in advance like you need to know what you're ordering like if you're just like oh let me get six of everything it's not going to work as a business you need to know the product so there's that part of it and also you need to love it because you're you're not getting rich off it it's extremely time consuming it's stressful and you know there's just a million things you got to worry about so you know it's in some ways it's enhanced my love of the things in some ways it's diminished it you know everybody has that um you know, like let's say comic book guy from the Simpsons or something is like your stereotypical comic guy after 20 years. But, you know, it's hard sometimes not to become that jaded guy. You know, I, I have a firm policy where I'm like, somebody comes in and asks me the same question I've had a million times, the same thing at the tattoo shop. And I tell the guys this all the time because they'll be annoyed. Like, oh, I said this 20 times today, but it's the first time they're asking. And I try to always remind myself that like, don't be that asshole that is like, you don't know this, like blah, 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 blah. Be nice. Explain it to them. They don't know. And, uh, so, but it's, it's very hard, you know, I, that, you know, that's like the most stereotypical, the comic book guy thing, but that's what it, this industry kind of does to people. It's, it's hard, you know, it's just like, you're like, oh, I worked a hundred hours this week, you know, to barely pay the bills and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I had to deal with all these people that are miserable, you know, so there's pluses and minuses to it all. And, and anybody who's working in industry, I'm sure will have the same story, you know, and luckily, I get to be in the same room as my friends, you know, sometimes it's slower and we're able to hang out and BS. Sometimes like I'm stocking the shelves, I'm doing orders, I'm doing, but I'm still in a room with people that I enjoy and my friends. And, you know, we have tons of inside jokes and we're laughing and we're telling stories, you know, and so that helps a lot too. If I was just stuck doing it in a cubicle, you know, or whatever the equivalent would be for this and like, it would be miserable, honestly, but getting to talk to even just random customers, you know, they come in and like, you get to 
you know, if some like I, Bioshock is my favorite game. So when somebody comes in and they're like, oh, oh, I want the Bioshock puzzle, I'm like, you get to talk to them about it. Like, oh man, this is my favorite game too, and blah blah. And you don't get that in a lot of jobs. Like if you're working at like you know, any other job almost, like you're just doing a job. You know, I said at the top that this is the largest selection of pops that I've seen. Is this, in fact, the largest selection? I mean, what... what uh, I are, mean, I, I, I can't say. I mean, there's definitely people who probably have... I think we have one of the nicest displays um, around. Um, and I'm sure there's... I, you know, I know there's other people who have similar amounts as us. Some of them don't have stores. Like, there's another vendor I know of. He has probably a similar, fit, different amount of figure lines. Um, but he just sells at shows. Um, so, as a store, I've only ever seen, like, one or two other places that are and online, not even in person, like, that are comparable. Um, so we're up there. I can't take the crown and say like definitively we are the biggest and best selection, but we're definitely in the upper you know tier. Yeah, Steph, I mean, what was your uh, reaction the first time we came in here and saw the wall of pops? I mean, I was amazed because it seemed like when when we first started, it wasn't you know anything that I'd really heard about. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a very niche. Yeah. kind of hobby and then all of a sudden there's a whole wall of pops um it's overwhelming i guess at first you know for me i i know like if you ask me where a pop is on this 20 foot wall i can point to it immediately so it's not as overwhelming to me but i think as like a consumer maybe like you come and you're like you know you're just blown back you know so it's it's hard to look at it from the consumer's eyes so i'm always interested and i always ask people like what could we do differently? What do you like? Because like, you know, you kind of get desensitized to it. So, And, you know, you mentioned before about curating the wall and mm-hmm. I know a lot goes into it. And you said that you, the goal is to stock everything at least once. Yeah, I try to. There's occasionally stuff that I don't order, like very, very, very rarely. Like I said, it's, it's generally the movie ones because, you know, it's just so easy to get burned on them. Um, but for the most part, almost every, I'd say 98% of releases, I try to stock at least once. Um, and you know, if they do well, we'll, we'll try and restock them. Sometimes you can't even restock them. Like for like going back to the overwatch ones, they came and Funko goes out of stock really fast. So like basically the way they work is they solicit to me and they're getting better. It used to be like a six month window. Now it's sometimes just a matter of weeks. They'll say, these are for order. You know, and you tell them I want this many, they come. If I go to reorder, it'll be three months before they have them in stock again. You know, they're coming from China. They're getting boated in. You know, it takes time going through customs. So you now more than ever, especially with all these places trying to order them, I need to like really think about, and, and we're we're talking about growing pains in, in a rough on ourselves because we're starting to do more shows. So like in the past, if I, 12 of them would have lasted us no problem for our local customer base, you know, we just did a show. And if, if we had 200 Winter Soldiers, we probably would have sold 200 Winter Soldiers. And we had two when we got there because they were back ordered. And so I'm trying to order now with that convention mindset and it's hard because it's, it's really trying to strike a balance because there's, we don't know when some of these are going to come. So, you know, in August we have four conventions in four weeks, but if there's a two months where we don't have them and I have 200 of this pop here, I can't even store them in the back room, you know? So it's hard, you know, but um, we do try to have everything. It's something we pride ourselves on. Yeah. Well, from what we can see, you've done a fantastic (laughs) job. Thank you. Appreciate it. Chris, I have to confess, we, we, we may have come up with a nickname. I hope, I hope you, <laughs> you take it with the, uh, the spirit in which it is intended. Sure, but, it's not uh, the worst one. You know, your name is Chris Wilcock. We, we do call you uh, Will Pop. Will Pop. <laughs> sure, I, that can't be the first time you've heard that. Uh, it is. It is? It is. He All calls right. me lots of things, but they're not safe for the air. Um, but uh, I was pointing to one of our employees. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's actually the first time. I, I'm sure I'm going to hear it a lot now. <laughs> Thanks. And I'll give you this one, actually, for marketing purposes. I'll give you this one for free. You uh, can use King of Pops. That's a good one. I do like Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, <laughs> King of Pops will probably be the, the title of this episode. That's awesome. I think. 
you know, hopefully we'll do something with you guys again in the future. Cause I, you know, I love talking about this type of stuff, not just pops, just things in general. So, yeah, no, that would be great. And anyone out there who has any interest in this, whether pops, you know, specifically or gaming, anything like that. I mean, please check out Undiscovered Realm. Um, if you can come to the store, great. If not, and you guys are online. Yeah, well, un- UndiscoveredRealm.com, yeah. And Facebook slash Undiscovered Realm. We're on everything. Instagram. Any tattoo needs as well. Chris <laughs> yeah. has you covered there too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you know, I want to thank you, take the opportunity to thank you as well. Um, you allowed me the opportunity to do a live episode of this podcast at your comic oh, yeah, convention. Oh, no, yeah, was awesome. I'm glad you guys were able to do it. Well, we had a great time. It was I'm fun doing, glad to have doing the out. podcast with an audience. Uh, we had a nice turnout. People cool. seemed into it. Like it was awesome. really. Oh, no, that's great. You know, it was a lot of fun. It was different doing it with people there yeah you know? yeah yeah no it's definitely a different dynamic that's awesome though. you know every other episode has been like this where it's just a few of us in a room um you know which, which is great but being able to kind of feed off of of the audience you hear them laugh and it's like well, you know it's, yeah. it's, it's really cool i guess i have one one last question yeah, sure. What's up? so what is the most you've ever sold a pop oh um, for? probably the green the green I think it's Green Arrow, right? Yeah, Green Arrow. Um, he was about 700. That's the one that Delando had that he threw the box away for. We had a different one. Um, and uh, actually, his roommate bought it because <laughs> he had a huge pop collection. So it was really funny. There's two of them in the house. It was like one of the grails, you know? Um, but um, yeah, that we just sold. We had a metallic Deadpool. Um, we sold for 500 over the weekend. Um, stuff like that, probably. And that rain. Uh, we had the Vegetas that I was talking about, but we sold them for about 400 bucks like three months ago. And now they're 1,000. So um we've had stuff come through our hands that is now like insanely priced um but yeah probably 700 would be our personal best and that's like the somewhat of the upper end you know how much do you think we'll ever spend on a pop on a single pop 10.99 no (laughs) (laughs) you'll get there it depends i I feel like all depends 100 or less is like the ceiling for most people um, and you know, you, um, there's a ton of these groups online and I'm in them and like, the, you know, people use the term grail for like the ones like they really want. And like, you know, it's really funny to see the difference. Cause some people are like, Oh, this pops 25 bucks. I'm never going to be able to get it. And, um, then there's people that are like, you know, this thousand dollar one, uh, no problem buying it tonight. You know? So it's, it's interesting to see, you know, the difference, you know, and, but that just goes to show that all walks of life and economic status and everything are in, in the industry, you know? So well, I want to thank both of my guests. Stephanie, thank you for participating today. Chris, thank you so no, much for, for joining the My Comic Shop History crew and for having us here at your no, store to record Super today. fun, super fun. I hope our listeners enjoyed this deep dive into the world <laughs> of pop collecting. Uh, please keep tuning into future episodes. And until then, don't be a flat squirrel. My Comic Shop History is a flat squirrel production. Please visit flatsquirrelproductions.com to explore my other projects, including My Comic Shop Documentary, By Spoon, The Jay Mizell Story, and the forthcoming Wacky Man, The Rise of a Puppeteer. Be sure to subscribe to My Comic Shop History on iTunes and catch up on Season 1. Like My Comic Shop History on Facebook and follow me on Twitter at Desi Westside. Likes, ratings, and reviews are always greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening and continuing to support this show. <laughs>